County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana community. Welcome to Where We Landed, our podcast about all things Grant County. I'm Scott Miller, one of our hosts, and I've got Alicia Hazelwood uh, hosting with us today as well. Hello, hello. And then our special guest host today, Kirk Kirk Hornicker, is with us. Hello, hello. Stealing my thing. Yeah, and and we're supposed to do hey (laughs) And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Alicia, and we're going to dive right into what I think is going to be a really fun podcast today. Yeah. So thank you, Scott. I am super excited um, to have Bernice Farnham on our podcast today. I did not know Bernice at all until my husband was very sick and ill in the hospital. We took him to the emergency room and uh, Bernice came down and she's a volunteer at the hospital, came in and checked on us and just kind of took care of us and I was kind enough that after he'd had some surgeries and that type of thing, she came up and checked on him uh, upstairs and on me and was just a real uh, light spot in a really dark period of time for me. And um, she shared with us some of her story and how she ended up here and was kind of a a tether to um, the ground a little bit for just a very very emotional time for my husband and I and my mother-in-law. And so after he was okay and released from the hospital and, and healthy, I thought, man, it'd be really fun to have Bernice share her story um, because they're the type of stories we're trying to get on this show. And so Bernice, thank you for volunteering when some stranger called the hospital and said, Hey, Stephanie, how do I get a hold of one of your volunteers? And Bernice is like, my boss called and said the hospital CEO <laughs> said someone called so, <laughs> so thank you for being on our show. Would you like to just share kind of? Well, I wish you would have led with something besides a patient called in to the CEO t- <laughs> and asked about you and would like to talk to you. And I'm thinking, oh my word, what did I do? <laughs> it was why do we always why do we always go to bad instead of thinking, oh, I must have done something good. Yes. Yeah, so so thank you for asking me. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you on and uh, for you to share your story. So why don't you uh, get right in and share um, kind of where you came from. Uh, You and Scott apparently have lots of connections to the Illinois community. And um, how did you go from Illinois to flying over Bolivia, working Mm -hmm. with the World Gospel Mission, and then finally ending up here in Grant County. Yeah, well, I was um, born in Illinois and grew up there, not far from where Scott also. I went to nursing nursing school in Freeport, where he's from too. And then I went to Bible College in Iowa, where I met my husband. He's from northern Minnesota, way, way northern Minnesota. And while we were at Bible College, we felt like um, he was a pilot, loved to fly, And we felt like there was more that we could do than just stay in the States and fly commercially or be a nurse. I uh, did graduate from nurses training then, too. So we were interested in um, just serving somewhere. So we contacted World Gospel Mission, which was um, we were we knew about them. We're aware of them and their headquarters is here in Marion. Mm -hmm. So we went through all of their process of 
becoming missionaries, and we went to Bolivia in 1974. Wow. And served with World Gospel Mission for 25 years. Hmm. And so, what did you do inside that mission in Bolivia? I know you uh, brought a really cool book called <laughs> Wings of Peace, which we were joking because uh, you're uh, you and your husband's books, Wings of Peace, and you ended up on a podcast called Where We Landed. Yes. And we make plain <laughs> jokes all the time on this show. Um, so what did you, how did piloting an RN fit into mission work at, in Belize? In Bolivia. Bolivia, sorry. So um, Wings of Peace is actually Alas de Paz, which is the name of the airplane. It was on the front of our airplane, and everybody in Bolivia knew about us because my husband flew all over the country. Well, not a lot in the mountains. Bolivia is half jungle and half mountains. And so we lived in the jungle and a little village. And <clears throat> we we flew, my husband did a lot of um, service flights for people, for ranches, for people that were sick and taking kids to school from the jungle villages and things like that. But we also, um, shared the gospel with people. We had um, services on weekends. We would stay places, and I did medical work. I could get vaccines from the government as long as I turned in lists of all the villages I went to. Um, I delivered babies. Mm. I stitched up wounds. I did things that nobody ever told me I would do in nursing wow. school. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And being medical, it was a way to help people and then get their trust because they knew you were there to help them yeah. and then they believed the things that you shared with them and um i had two children there my son and my daughter who are bilingual <laughs> and because they lived they, in a jungle village i was gonna say so would they also then be have dual citizenship in both those countries or they do but they have an american passports okay um, it's not good for a guy to have dual citizenship and, and tell it because the Bolivians want you to do service in their country oh. for at least one year. So you don't claim it till you're too old to do that. I mean, he still has a, uh, my son, my son has a Bolivian birth certificate though. Oh, very so, interesting. Yeah. My daughter was 11 months old when we left the States. So. Okay. And then what was, um, you say they're bilingual. What's the <clears throat> Spanish. language? Spanish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. You know, we flew everywhere. We didn't, we had a Trail 90 Honda that we rode around the village and an airplane. Mm. We didn't own a car or a truck or nothing. We just did what, it all by air. <laughs> so, so being a kid that grew up in Northwest Illinois, what part of I, what, what Bible college did you go to? It in was in Oskaloosa. Okay. Iowa, Bernard Bible College. Bernard. It was just a, it was a training school mostly for missionaries and pastors. Yeah. Not really a university or anything like that, but yep. a lot of missionaries and pastors went there. So I'm curious, what, what does a typical day look like for you today? Oh, today? Yeah. Oh, some days it's horribly boring. <laughs> um, my husband, we came, let me just say, we came home from Bolivia because my husband was having trouble uh, flying and there was just things that were happening that he didn't feel right about. We got back to the States. Um, we'd only been home a couple years when he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Mm. So he had Parkinson's for 19 years and just passed away three years ago. Yeah. And um, so I was quite busy until then because yeah. I took care of him at home 
But um, after then, it's like, oh my word, now what do I do? You know, I am not an idle person and I go crazy if I'm sitting home very long at a time. So the first thing I did was bake for the guys down at the rescue mission. Yeah, I would go down there two or three days a week and make them cakes and pies and whatever they needed, have birthday parties. and. But then I started volunteering at the hospital. So I go to the hospital two or three days a week. I work in the emergency room and for the chaplain. Yep. And read. Yeah. Go to anything that my grandkids have going on. I was gonna say, so how did you end up <laughs> how did you end up from so when when you decided to come back to the States, mm-hmm. where did you end up there and how did you end up from that spot in the States to okay. Mary? When we, we came back to um, the States in ninety eight. Okay. Then and um we came here to Marion okay. and bought a house on Chapel Pike. And my husband worked for World Gospel Mission, did a lot of traveling and speaking for them. And I worked at the hospital okay. nights. Okay. Yeah. Third floor <laughs> <laughs> for a year. And, um, and then uh, we were here about a year and a half and a church in St. Louis that had supported us big time while we were in Bolivia asked my husband to be the missions pastor at their church. Oh, so wow. we resigned from WGM at that time and moved to St. Louis. And that's where you became. And lived there seven years. And that's where I became a very right. avid Cardinal fan. <laughs> so I'm sorry for any of you that are Cubs or Reds or anything else. Which but, is why I have mm. Kirk, why I have Kirk between me and you. No, yes. Just yes, we have somebody sitting between us here. <laughs> but the Reds are in first place as of right now. So well, they're doing well. The Cardinals well. are too. Or the Car- I'm sorry, not the Reds. Cardinals are in yeah. first place. Reds are in oh, last yeah. place. No, probably. no, no, no. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, so I had a, had experience here at the hospital. And so when I went to be a volunteer, I was familiar with it, you know, but it's been a long time ago. So how did you get from St. Louis back to Marion? Well, then we, (laughs) then we moved after St. Louis, we moved up to Pine River to my husband's hometown up in Northern Minnesota because his Parkinson's was getting a little worse then. The church in St. Louis was a very large church Mm. with lots of responsibility for what we did there. So we moved up to Pine River and worked up there for a couple years. And then he got to where he couldn't do that either. So we moved back to Iowa because my son and his family lived in Iowa. And I worked at the Pella Hospital in Pella, Iowa, then for a couple years. And then we retired from that. And my daughter, who lived in Cedar Rapids at the time, got her doctorate. And um, she always wanted to come back to IWU. She had taught there early on in her career. So they moved back here and we followed them back here. So because of the grandbabies. Well, because, (laughs) well, they were boys, (laughs) (laughs) but we had a lot of history here, you know, with a a lot of our friends from World Gospel Mission had retired here. So we had a number of friends that lived here and we wanted to be close to the boys. By that time, my son and his wife had moved up into Minnesota, and we didn't think we wanted to be that cold anymore, (laughs) getting older. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we bought a duplex on 31st Street behind Walmart, and our daughter and her husband bought the duplex next to us, so they keep their eye on us all the time. (laughs) But I love it because my grandsons are always at my house getting food and ice cream and, you know, Get to spoil them rotten. Oh boy, every <laughs> chance I get. <laughs> so that kind of brought us back here. Um, we were familiar with the area and just had a lot of friends and followed our family here. 
This episode of Where We Landed is sponsored by Nick McKinley State Farm and Mortgage Company, located right next to Marion High School on 26th Street. Nick loves this community and is always giving back by supporting things like this podcast. You can support this community too by purchasing your insurance through Nick. You get to enjoy State Farm's amazingly low rates and his team's remarkable customer service. And did we mention he can also help you get pre-approved for your next home loan or even refinance because Nick has teamed up with Rocket mortgage. Nick McKinley State Farm is your one-stop shop. Give him a call or text at 765-674-BANK. That's 765-674-2265. Don't have time to talk on the phone? Send him an email at nick at nickhasmyback.com. Thank you, Nick McKinley State Farm and Mortgage Company for sponsoring today's podcast. Like a good neighbor, Nick McKinley State Farm is there. I did notice during her conversation about her journey that her Minnesota sounded very authentic. And so it's, I was waiting to yeah. find out wh- at what point she lived up there. Well, we lived there. We lived there on one of our furloughs from Bolivia. And then we lived there for a couple years yep. in the pastorate. And you, plus I had to listen to my mother-in-law and father-in-law and my husband. And, you know, it's just the O's right are there. there. Minnesota. Yep. You know. <laughs> we just live up. and you know, that's where we that's go. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a very um, easy thing to pick up. Sure. When I when I'm living up there, it's even worse. Yes, oh, yeah. I can imagine. It's me going to North Carolina, man. That southern oh. draw comes in real fast. Yeah, but you got to really have that Viking blood in you if you're mm. going to stay that far north. It's three hours north of Minneapolis, so mm. it's way up. I didn't think anything was north of Minneapolis. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful you, lakes. You mentioned you like to cook. Or yes. I think you do. You bake. at least especially bake. bake. Okay, so do you have a specialty? Mm, just lots of desserts. The boys down at the rescue mission loved pies. I would make eight or nine pies at a time to feed all of them. You know, I make cheesecakes, cookies. Mm. Sounds awesome. Whatever. Anything that keeps the kids happy. And (laughs) I'm curious as somewhat of a newbie to Marion, um, what are the places you like to go out to eat? Do, Do you go out to eat much? And if so, but if you do, is there a place that you guys like to, to enjoy going out to? Um, well, if it's with the boys, you know, it's anywhere there's chicken, uh-huh. chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> I like to, I like salads at Applebee's. That's yeah. always a favorite of mine. Otherwise, um, we used to go out to eat a lot in St. Louis, but as my husband got worse, we just never went anywhere anymore. So. Yeah, it makes it tough. I haven't I haven't gone out a lot anymore. Yeah. Well it sounds like you're such a good baker that you don't need well, to. But you know, teenage boys like chicken tenders and hamburgers. <laughs> it's so much easier to just go there and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's kept you with having this world experience and really understanding the uh full scope of the world and you could choose to live anywhere? What was it? Um, about Grant County that's kind of kept you here through all of the, like, why did you choose here as retirement? You said you had some connections to friends from the World mm-hmm. Gospel Mission. You've now connected back into Marion, what is now Marion Health. What are some other things that have kept you kind of connected here? Well, 
probably those friends and my family the most, you know, because when you have lived in other countries and you have those experiences, you know, even though I can talk to you guys about it and I can show you pictures and everything else, there's nothing like sitting down with a friend that also lived in Bolivia or Colombia or even Africa, you know, and share experiences because you really understand each other and where you've been and what you've done. Because because I think that there's no way if you haven't lived in those countries and served like that, that you really understand what that is. And so that's a, that's a tremendous thing to just know I have those friends and we can sit and talk and visit about that. And then of all the places I've lived, probably that town in northern Minnesota and Marion are the two cheapest places I've ever <laughs> lived. I don't mean cheap, no, but you know, less living. expensive, mm-hmm. let me say. You know, yeah. I surely could have never lived in St. Louis very long. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, Iowa's not bad either, but I do appreciate the fact here that, you know, it is a cheaper place to live and I can afford to be here and I can afford to have nicer things than I probably would other places. I don't know if that's what you want yeah, to hear no, or not, but I do. No, it's good and, cost of living is something that does come up in a lot of our conversations, especially mm-hmm. those individuals we talk to that, you know, they choose to live here, but work outside the community because they're able to have a higher standard mm-hmm. um, of lifestyle because it is less expensive to live um, in this area. And I always joke about Grant County being the center of everything because I can get to Chicago or St. Yeah. Louis or Indianapolis yeah. or Fort Wayne or whatever yeah. and have those big city experiences, but still tell my live in a community where I can tell my kids to be home when the scoop, the streetlights come on. Mm-hmm. So, um, so no, that's yeah. a, I think a very valid reason. And I don't meet strangers at all. I mean, that's just a personality that I have, <laughs> you know, and so I, I love getting to know all my neighbors and Random people in the know emergency the people room. at the emergency room. <laughs> I know, you know, just I talk to everybody and everybody is friendly. I mean, I don't meet somebody that isn't usually very responsive and just talks for a little bit. And you get to yeah. know a lot of connections that way when you know people. And I enjoy that. I enjoy being somewhere that I can visit and be safe. Um, I know sometimes people say, oh, there's a lot of crime there. And I said, well, I don't know. I live on a nice street and I don't go. <laughs> but, you know, where can we go that there isn't something yeah. going on? And I, I don't feel threatened here at all. I'm very comfortable and very safe. Bernice, I'm going to ask a question for the group today. Um, favorite trip or vacation, but I'm going to ask everybody around the table that. So favorite trip or vacation that you guys have had. Can you go back in time and say, hey, this was my favorite trip or vacation? And she's got it nailed in her head immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we were in St. Well, I've been all over uh, lots of places around the world. But um, when we were in St. Louis, several couples went on a cruise together and they took us. I'd never been on a cruise I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. I didn't have to make my bed. Somebody yeah. took care of me. I never had to plan a meal. And it was a seven-day cruise, and it was just the most wonderful trip I'd ever had. And to be on it with friends and go places and do things, I can tell you that in a minute. That was it. And what were some of the <laughs> locations? Was this a Caribbean we went, cruise? Was this um, an Alaskan cruise? Yeah, down cruise? through Cozumel and yeah. to Mexico and... I forget just all right now where all we went, but it was just very, very nice. And 
Awesome. And I loved not having to plan anything and mostly not cook. Yeah. <laughs> and the chocolate thing they had at midnight, that was wonderful. All the different <laughs> kinds of chocolates you can try, you know, that was a big favorite too. Yeah, you, <laughs> but yes, it was a very good, very good experience. You're my kind of person. And I guess chocolate. the only other, the only other one that would be second was the Czech Republic. Oh, I love the Czech amazing. Republic. It was a beautiful place to visit and. We stayed with several missionary families there while we were in and working in St. Louis. And it just, I just love the Czech Republic. One of our co-hosts, Kylie, she runs the Grant County Chamber of Commerce. She likes to travel internationally. And um, I think the Czech Republic's on her list of places mm -hmm. that she'd like to go. Yeah. She hasn't been. She has not oh, been yet. She's been to, to go. She's been to Russia. Um, they're doing Ireland. They're Ireland and Scotland, something like that. Um, she's got a trip planned to. Um, she's oh, going to Pittsburgh this weekend, which is a big, big international. You say that. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Kylie is a huge Reds fan. So she's going to Pittsburgh to watch the Pittsburgh Reds series. Um, but anyway, that's not international travel. No, I was just kidding. <laughs> what about you, Kirk? We were lucky enough last November to get to go to Hawaii, and we had not traveled without. We hadn't traveled just by ourselves, my wife and I, since before we had kids, and our youngest is a sophomore at Grace. <clears throat> and it was an all-inclusive place where all we had to do is pay for the way out there and back. But once we landed. Mm -hmm. um, everything was taken care of and I'm not a good vacationer when it comes to where are we going to eat each night and how are we going to transport and to not have to worry about any of those things was unbelievable mm -hmm. yeah. like, similar to your experience yes. I can't wait to hear Alicia's oh lord because I'm the over planner and overthinker of everything so yeah. um, so I would have to say for me I kind of have two that are pretty equal with each other um well, that's a lot. I have three or four or <laughs> five. Four or five. <laughs> I love to go on vacation. Um, well, one wasn't actually really vacation. So when I was in college, my I took a class called comparative cultures and my mom audited the class with me. And so her and I went to the British Isles together. So Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England. And um, it wasn't vacation, but it was just a really, really amazing trip for my mom and I to have. And. Uh, my mom's family, her grandmother came here from Wales. So um, to be back in those kind of two home countries where my family's from was really cool. Um, I had, but my two vacations, like my number one vacation so far, um, my best friend and I who have been, we turned 40 and we always said when we were kids that when we turned 40, we would go on vacation together, just the two of us. So we were turned 40, had been friends for 30 years, and we went to St. Augustine, just her and me. And we got a condo on the beach, and it was nice. Like, we learned we vacationed together really well. Like, it was just so, so peaceful, relaxing, and serene. Um, ice cream for breakfast mm -hmm. if we wanted. Like, just no big deal. Yeah. And then one that pops out to me, too, is um, last fall we rented a cabin in Hocking Hills and my husband and I and our two kids and then my sister-in-law, her husband and our two nieces all stayed in this cabin together. And our kids are um, now 
18, 17, 16, 13. So they're all right there. They act like siblings. They, so having those two families together for a week was just an absolute blast um, and something that's now turned into an annual tradition that we we do that every year. So Where's Hocking Hill? Ohio. Okay. It's beautiful. You need to go. Just go yeah. it. What about you? Skydiving? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, have you skydived before, Bernice? There's no reason to jump out of a good running a airplane. Perfectly Great. good airplane. My grandfather was a paratrooper and said that same thing. No good reason to jump I, out of a I perfectly would agree good after doing it. I, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was not a good day. Um, You're welcome. So, yeah, thanks. Um, my favorite thing, my favorite trip has been Aruba, um, which is down mm. in the Caribbean. And I love beaches. And, and and I would be curious either for this group, it's my wife's 50th birthday this year. So I'm trying to figure out we'd you like to do said something. That on air. Well, she doesn't listen, which is usually, <laughs> I don't think she listens. <laughs> so, but if anybody has any ideas for a great place to go, uh, for a 50th birthday trip. Um, let just me know. the two of you now that you Probably have just kiddos. the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've got a little two and a half year old guy. Uh, Leo is his name. And so Leo probably won't be making the 50th birthday trip, but uh, so anyway, Aruba is mine, but if any listeners have any great places, reach out. I'd love to hear them. So Kurt, it seemed like you had a question. Do you remember it? And if you don't, while you're thinking of that question, I was going to ask you this. I don't know if if you were on the pizza episode. He that, was the pizza episode. It was okay. the pizza episode. All right. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, because I had asked Bernice earlier, you know, what's your favorite place to go eat? And as a guest host, I thought maybe you'd have a favorite place to go eat here in town. So on his, Kurt's been in your seat, Bernice, and was interviewed on the podcast and had a pretty amazing uh, life. And we went on a tangent for about three to five minutes about all of our favorite pizza places and what pizza around here was good and yeah, so now his episode's referred to as the pizza episode. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have a favorite place to eat, whether it's pizza or not? I mean, is there a favorite place here in Grant County that you'd say that's my favorite place to go? We like um, La Chareta, La mm -hmm. We only La ever call it La Chaz, so um, we like Grains and Grill. And uh, we like um, the Chuck Wagon and Swayze. That's where we I derailed the conversation because we were talking about Ding Dong cupcakes and cheesecake. Yes. And yeah. Yep. I was actually going to stop and get some Ding Dong cupcakes to bring today. But I had to run the concession stand for the volleyball <laughs> game last night and forgot. That's a, like what you do is you're a concession girl. Like you just hang out at the concession. That's I how guess. you two met, right? That's how, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what I was going to bring up um, in your role at the hospital in the emergency room, I have a daughter that is a transplant kiddo from almost seven years ago, but a lifelong heart patient. And we've been in ERs. I've watched the helicopter take off from Marion General to fly to Riley. Um, and some of our greatest experiences have been the people that surrounded us once we got down there. And so how do you reset and recharge because there's so much emotion in those situations and, and to be able to be a comfort of folks. And then here's the next person. And here, how do you recharge your batteries for those situations where you're providing such a great situation? Well, I guess I've never thought about that because I just feel like that's what I do. You know, I mean, I don't, purposefully think, oh, I've got to recharge myself. I, 
I feed off that. Is that a right thing to say mm-hmm. here? You know, but like when I go into the emergency room and I can sit and talk with people or help anybody or as a chaplain's assistant, you know, I, I feed off that. It makes me feel good. And so I love doing it. And I don't feel like it's a burden to me at all. I mean, I would sit and talk to people all day if I could help them in some way or I don't I, I don't know I don't like to talk about myself <laughs> well that you picked one, the wrong no, place uh, that is the, the one thing she said when I was like will you do this she's like I don't like to talk about myself I was like it's a conversation I promise it will be fine yeah yeah, yeah. you know but, I I just I just do if I'm sitting home by myself I just can't hardly stand it I mean if I'll go visit my little old lady neighbors just to have somebody to encourage or help and and so, yeah, you know, probably I get tired and I think, oh, I'm going to go in there again tonight. But when I get there, then I'm just fed by that. And I, I love to go up and down those hallways and find, I, I, I'm a retired nurse, so I can't do anything nursing. Although sometimes I think, oh, I would like to just do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, mostly I just help out the gals, okay. whatever I can. But, but it's just such a great opportunity to talk to somebody that's sitting there and discouraged and it's just like, try to be their friend and help them and let them know that somebody cares about them. And so I just I just do that naturally, I think. Is that okay? Is that a right answer well, here? I, there's I, no I, right answer. I, no and I think answers. that kindness at that moment when they're so vulnerable and so mentally just taxed is, yeah. is so important. Right. We've had extended, extended stays at hospitals and people would come to visit us and my experience has always been then you feel like you have to entertain those people and that's Mm. not what you need to be doing at that time. So you've got to be that kind of fine line. Right. Right. When we worked at that big church in St. Louis, it was a church of 3000 people. My husband was the missions pastor, the senior adult pastor and the care pastor. (laughs) So I pretty much did all the hospital visiting for the church and I was in hospitals in St. Louis every day and that was like a high for me. Those were wonderful years in my life. I love doing that. So that's, Which so that's why I volunteer at the hospital now, because then I can visit and do. And I will say that Lee, that makes perfect sense that now in your, um, cause we joked about how my husband said, I'll never retire because I'll be a full-time volunteer when I retire. Yeah. And so that explains why you went into that space. And I know for me, um, when I say that you were kind of a tether for us, there were many other volunteers that would come in, visit, pray with me and my husband and stuff like that. But in some of those stressful moments, like I was angry, right? Mm -hmm. Like here I am with my husband, we're pseudo young couple, but you know, I have kids that are getting ready to graduate. And I was thinking worst case scenario, because I'm an over planner. So I wanted to make sure I had (laughs) had a plan. Um, And the way that you would come in and be in that space and be in that room, I never felt that pressure of, oh, well, God's going to make it okay. And this is going to let us pray with you and make like, I was angry in those moments. Like, why are we here? This was supposed to be a very simple, normal procedure. And so I really appreciated just the fact that I felt love and care and that touch without it being some kind of verbal pressure. And I thought that was something unique about you that um, some of the other, I mean, the other volunteers were amazing and great and sweet and, you know, not to downplay any of that, but I feel like you have a real special touch about reaching people um, 
in a way that is very unobtrusive, I guess. Is that a word? Unobtrusive? I don't, I don't know. know, but it sounds good. Okay. We'll go with it. Yeah. Sometimes the best moments were people that would just come and sit with you right. and, and you don't talk. You just, you're there. You're present with them. Yeah. The That's other important, the other person that I can remember. So we had a really great, um, housekeeping lady named Maria. She's mm -hmm. absolutely adorable and was amazing to my husband. She became his like hospital mom, uh, you know, and took care of him. But we, there was also a person, I don't even know this person's name, but they came in, Steve was gone to get some test and I was sitting in the ER by myself and I just started to cry. It was the first time Aww. I started to cry since he was, he, we had been there and, um, it was probably a housekeeping person of some kind. They were coming in and emptying the trash and stuff like that. And I had my Cubs hat on and my sunglasses <laughs> on and like tears just streaming down my face. And I watched her. She opened the cabinet, pulled down a box of tissues, shut the cabinet and just handed them to me, patted me on the leg and walked out of the room. Like that was just, I didn't need words at the time. Mm, right. But right. that just that thing. And so when I hear people <clears throat> kind of downplay Marion health and what they do, um, our experience there from the amazing volunteers like you, Bernice, all the way up to the amazing healthcare that we received. I really appreciated. So, but obviously you touched me in a way that caused me to say, okay, Stephanie, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> How That's do I appropriately do this? <laughs> I think, you know, there's, there's no need for words a lot of times. And people do get angry. I don't blame you for being angry. There's a, and I think that's a lot of things in the emergency room. People are just tired and they're sick. And there's so many people that you can't get to them all. Yeah. And so just to be somebody that would at least talk to you. But I, I do like going up there. I really like them. I'm glad they allowed me to come. And at, after, after when COVID started, they got rid of volunteers in the emergency room because they just didn't want people down there that were just a volunteer. You know, sure. they wanted the, the people that work there. So I had to talk them into letting me come back. And, and then I do speak Spanish. So that was another good reason to go down there and, and just, you know, I do whatever. How often do you have to translate for people in the community at the hospital? It hasn't been very much. No. I did more during the COVID uh, I worked for two months during the COVID, um, you know, when they were given vaccinations and everything. I worked every what day for do? two months. I was the watcher. Oh. You know, you have to stay for 15 minutes. Have, yep. Did you go to the I hospital? I did go to have, the hospital. So there's all these rows and there's yep. all these people. So I just entertained everybody. I told stories and I talked to people that were c Cubs in Purdue because, you know, I, am, I did live in Iowa, so I'm a Hawkeye. Uh -oh. So that was another thing. Uh -oh. If you're we a really, no, we really should have separated Kirk and you because share with her what are your you? story, Kirk. <laughs> oh, it's bad. So when I was at Purdue, I was <gasps> Purdue Pete, the you're mascot Purdue? for three years. Oh, you were the per mascot? Oh, boy. Kylie has a picture on the wall over there that I autographed oh, for her. Oh, how so. exciting. I, my neighbor is a big <laughs> Purdue fan. She's got flags in her yard and everything. I took her, when the Hawkeyes came to play, I took her to a game. She'd never been to a game. And I, Purdue beat them. I told them on the <gasps> podcast, the first time I ever flew on an airplane was to Iowa for a football game that mm. we lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tell you, you're talking about comforting people. If you stop to comfort every Cubs fan that had tears streaming down there, there's not enough time in the day no. because we always no. have things to be sad always about. Always things to be yeah. sad. Yeah, I was at the ballpark, you know, for that sweep last week, so... 
That was <laughs> when the Cardinals took out the Cubs and the Yankees. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it was an exciting time. I loved it. And I made friends with everybody I sat by. So what a surprise. <laughs> I met two ushers and they sneaked me into front seats and it was a lot of fun. Nice. <laughs> that is awesome. So where did you get the passion for baseball from? I think when we moved to St. Louis, you yeah. know, we'd lived in South America pretty much all our lives. And the St. Louis Cardinals give um, a little card that's a pass for you and a friend to every pastor in the whole St. Louis community. Mm. Oh, wow. It says if it's not sold out. Well, they're always sold out. Right. But you just take it down and they put you through and you stand or my husband and I used to go and just, we went to lots of games. We didn't have okay. much for hobbies, you know, so we could get on the Metro train and just ride down to the games. And it was our outlet from being Very in the cool. church pastorate all the time. I think the Cubs should look into that. Maybe we yeah. just well, need more pastors in the stands. Well, well, <laughs> but, but, you know, we'd sit somewhere and then, and then if somebody would come, we'd say, we'd get the little card out and we'd go, Oh, we're in the wrong section. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we sat all over the stadium. We went to lots of games and we just became, you know, pretty big fans. It's a, it's a nice perk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. In the community. It's yeah. a really great idea. Bernice, who do you spend the most time with on a weekly basis, you know, talking to is, is there an individual or multiple individuals that you spend the most time with? Well, in the summertime, it's my oldest grandson because because we have those duplexes, he lives with me. He's, yeah. uh, he'll graduate in December from Laterno University with oh, his yeah. aviation degree. Yeah. Oh, following in grandpa's he, he's, he's worked since he was a junior in high school. He's worked out at the Marion Airport. Oh, very cool. And he just got his um, instructor's license. And so he lives with me. And um, he's getting married in December to the daughter of the people that run the River's Edge Golf Place. Okay. There. Mm -hmm. And so he and I share a lot of life together in the summer. Otherwise, my neighbor that lives across the street from me, she was a single missionary in Bolivia for 40 years. So we have been wow. friends forever. And when she retired, what she wanted odds. to find a place. Oh, so she, so we walk morning and evenings and that's talk fantastic. several times a day. Yeah, it's great to have her there. So what an incredible connection. And then, you know, just my family, my kids. Alicia, how about you? Who do you spend the most time with? Who do you talk to the most in a given week? And I'm going to ask that for Kirk as well. Oh, I would say in a given week, I talk to my immediate family, my boys um, and Steve, of course. And then um, I talk to my parents daily, my mom and dad both. I talk to them daily. They're on the phone or through text message. Um, and then uh, I have three really close friends that I talk to on a weekly basis, Kylie, um, which is on the podcast with us. Uh, my friend, Pamela, that um, runs the United Way of Wells County. She's a mentor and became one of my best friends. And then my best friend, Kim from Crown Point. She's a RN at Parkview getting her nurse practitioner's degree. So good. Yeah, those are the, the three I always talk to. Kurt. I would say definitely my family. Um, <clears throat> I have my youngest daughter's a sophomore at Grace, and then my middle daughter, Margo, just graduated from Butler, and she's living in Carmel now, and helping her navigate that first year out of college when half your friends are getting married, the other half are in grad school, and what am I going to do, and how do I do this, and um, and then Veda, you know, my my uh, my oldest daughter, who will be 25 in November, she lives at home with us, but she's a heart transplant kid, and so helping her navigate mm -hmm. 
her world such as it is. So yeah, that friends from church, a lot of it is just text messages every once in a while, just to kind of check in with them, not really having anything to say. Don't want to bother them with a phone call, but just, well, my girls, I send them dad jokes. I love dad jokes. Yeah, You can't get away. I mean, good dad jokes best. (laughs) And it's just, it's a fun way to let them know that I'm thinking about them without trying to start a conversation. Right. So I've never been good at big, long back and forth conversations over text yeah. message. But I do have uh, a friend that lives over by Kokomo and just send her something funny that I know she'll appreciate over email every once in a while just to let her know that she's still top of mind to do. I think just checking in with people that way is probably what I do more than anything. What about you, Scott? I was going to try to ask another I question. I know. I saw that. That's why I was watching yeah, you as he finished up. She's good flipping the questions. Um, so six months, so I used to coach high school basketball. Um, and six months ago, I would have said my assistant coaches and then those 10 to 12 players that were on my, my team, you know, just checking in with those guys all the time would have been something that, that I did. When we adopted this little boy, time becomes a little bit more focused or I needed to focus a little bit more time on him. So it's one thing to raise 12 other kids, but it's another thing to raise your own. And so... So I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, and then in the community here, it's people like Alicia and Kylie and trying to figure out how do we make Grant Grant County a great place to be. Um, it, you know, it's a great place already. How do we continue to improve that and be able to maybe influence more and more lives uh, in a positive way here in the community? So um, I've really enjoyed getting to know Alicia on a closer basis and Kylie I think I told Kylie that I feel like this is my office away from the office this week I think I've been here three days this week <laughs> just working on different community initiatives and stuff so so those would be the, some of the people now I spend time with. Scott's little boy that he adopted Leo is from Hispanic heritage. family yep. heritage and tradition and Scott's been doing Duolingo so that they can try to be a bilingual household. In fact, today, so Duolingo is an app that you can learn Spanish. Today was my 888th day in a row that I've studied Spanish. That being said, I'm still like an infant. And so it relates so to we my, shouldn't switch this to a Spanish. Span- no, 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 no. I was going to say, okay. you need to do something in Spanish. I want to see how this goes. Donde esta? Adios. Adios. Yeah. Agua. So I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got all those. Uh, yeah, so agua my, was my son's first words. You know, is he it, grew yeah, up in a little water. jungle village, was born down there. And we were the only Americans in the village. So my kids spoke Spanish before they ever spoke English. And he yeah. was thirsty. He was thirsty. Can't give him something to drink. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. My wife uh, is Puerto Rican and so she speaks fluent Spanish. Uh And um, so we, we, it's hard though when we don't speak it in the house for him to be able to pick it up as quickly. So he'll say a few Spanish words. Bernice, what's your advice for Scott to work with his wife who's bilingual? to be a bilingual house and speak it in the house. So do you and her speak Spanish together? That's where you need to start. Talking Spanish and only Spanish, because then you'll learn it quickly because you might have something you want to tell her. Yeah. And you can't unless you can speak it. Yeah. So she, uh, I think the only time that Spanish comes out is when there is a discussion time 
that she may not be as happy with me as. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I get the Spanish version. But that you happens. Can still tell her effective. attitude, can't you? Just by right. watching what she's saying. <laughs> so it might behoove you to learn Spanish and yeah. and talk it. You know, I think yeah. that's one of the challenges here in the states. If you're not in a Spanish community, you can go to school and learn all kinds of Spanish. But if you don't practice it and talk to somebody and in a situation, we were sent to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. For language school, we spent a year in language school in Costa Rica before we went to Bolivia. So that when we arrived in Bolivia, we were fluent. Yeah. You know, within reason. Yeah. yeah. There's something about that immersive piece. Right. right? Because you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere. And, and there, is there no was English. a few people that spoke English. But at that time, you know, you couldn't go to the market or yeah. buy anything or a restaurant or anything without learning it. What are your favorite things to do here in Grant County? I know you spend time volunteering. I like to go over to Indiana Wesleyan University. Uh I have a grandson that's a sophomore over there in the music program. So I love their music concerts and stuff. I don't know if you've ever been to any of their stuff. They put out fantastic music. Um, The jazz band and the, the, you know, the marching band and all those things. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I like to go to Matter Park and walk or see the Christmas lights, you know, drive through those and um, watch the fireworks, which we usually watch at that river's edge, which is just across from Matter Park. And they've got a big parking lot over there. We all go over there and watch and, you know, just fun stuff. Yeah. Um, There's a place, um, I can't think of the name of it. It's a like a physical therapy place over behind IW where you can walk in the wintertime. The wellness center. Yes. It's just a circle, but you know, it gets too cold to walk outside. Why we go over there and walk a dollar a day. You can walk a dollar a day to go walk. Um, There's really a lot of opportunities if people would just look into things to do here, you know. What are those things when you have people, either new retiring missionaries that you meet in your group or when family comes here or friends that you'd say, oh, I've got to take them to see this or do this in our community? What are... Here in the community? Yeah. Here in Grant County. Well, we went to the Christmas lights. You know, that was a big thing to do. And the younger kids from Minnesota, they like to go to the Splash House. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Is this too cold to have a splash house? I was going to say, how there's warm no does running it? water in Minnesota. I was going to say, how it's cold? all frozen. Yeah, how right warm? Up to- this is a weird question. How warm did it get where you lived in Minnesota? Um, you know, it gets warm in the summertime. Yeah, but what's yeah. your definition of warm in the summertime? Like in the 90s. Oh, okay. I but the water, the lake water there. never gets Never warm. gets warm. You always have to inch your way into the lake, you yeah. know, Oof. because usually fishing season opens the third weekend of May, second or third weekend of May, and everybody just hopes the ice is gone by then. Oh, my God. And it isn't always. There could be stuff floating out there by then, you know, so it's a very short summer. And then how cold did it get? Mm, really cold. <laughs> <laughs> could be 20 and 30 below but it might only last a week or two at a time because I giggle you said you like part of living here is because it's warmer and for me I'm telling my husband I'm like once the kids graduate we need to like move further south even further south yeah well this is right this is nice medium here yeah (laughs) you do get all four seasons yeah and that I think we missed in South America Mm. you know the four seasons because it's pretty much hot and dry and hot and rainy in the jungle 
so you didn't have, you know, Christmas was the hottest. It's on the other side of the equator. So oh, Christmas yeah. and December, Feb January and February, December were our hottest months of the year. And what was the temperature there? Um, usually the high 90s or low 100s most of the time. And it rained every day on the rainy season. Yeah. And humid as can be probably. But you know what? After so many years down there, you just acclimated. Right. We came home and lived in Minnesota on one of our furloughs and... We always, people would come to visit in our little house and we'd have it so hot as they walk in, they go, oh, my land is so hot in here. <laughs> that all feels good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you acclimate to wherever you live, really. Yeah. If you went way up north, you'd get used to it. Yeah. But you know. might... You might want Viking blood a little bit more than you My got. dad has Viking blood, but I don't know that I can go back that far. <laughs> Bernice, it's, it's been great to meet you. And, and, but before we close today's episode, I'd, I'd love to find out like long-term, do you see yourself in Grant County? What, what's your perspective as far as moving forward? And I don't want to leave here. I mean, yeah. I love my home where I live and my kids next door. And like she said, I can get to Chicago. I can... It's a 12-hour drive to my kids in Minnesota. I can make that in a day. Yeah. I can get to St. Louis. I can, you know, it's, and I have a brother that lives in Noblesville. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to go anywhere else. I mean, I want to go other places, but not to live. Yeah. I'll probably stay here till the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are really glad that you landed here. And, and I wanted to tell you, thank you for taking care of my friend Alicia and her family when they were in the hospital, because that's wow. such a trying time and, and the difference that you've made in her life, uh, in her family's life by being there. And, and so thank, thank you. you for doing that over and over and over again with other <laughs> families as well. It means a lot. Thank you. you. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so is there anything that you had before we close up, Kirk? No, I no, think we're no, good. Okay. okay. So um, thank you again uh, for being on our show. And um, I was going to have Alicia close, but I'll I just can do go it. Ahead. You want to do it? I can do it. Fire away. Okay. Yep, do your thing. Well, thank you so much for listening to us on this episode of Where We Landed. Thank you, Bernice, for being on and being vulnerable and sharing with us. And if you would like, make sure you like our podcast, share it with people, and make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Share with us who you think we should be interviewing from our Grant County community. And you might Google, you could get the book Wings of Peace on Amazon. There's one copy out there we saw. So make sure you check that out as well. Thank you so much for listening to us this week. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.